Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. G'day folks and welcome to the Encounters Down Under podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and I invite guests to the show to share their amazing encounters with aliens and UFOs. If you or someone you know has had an encounter down under or anywhere in the world for a new segment Encounters Unbound, please get in touch with me via the Encounters Down Under Facebook page or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join the Encounters Down Under Facebook page and YouTube channel where you can also get involved during the live stream interviews, sharing your thoughts and opinions during the live show. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get into what you've been waiting for. Kick back and relax with your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. This episode is available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and leave a comment with your thoughts on the episode. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. Rowan joins us on this episode where she talks about her encounters with three different species of extraterrestrials where even one encounter amazingly invited her to pilot the craft. Rowan was also having encounters of strange objects in the sky when she was traveling around with her family where she later then decided to create her own Facebook page and radio podcast where she offers support for people coming to terms with their experiences. If you'd like to get in touch with Rowan, be sure to check out the links in the description below. So Rowan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks Anthony. How are you? I'm going thanks good, going me. good. No, you, by all means, it's my pleasure. Um, it's absolutely fantastic having you on. Um, now look, you've had some quite some interesting encounters that started from in, uh, quite the young age, and which even followed you throughout different countries around the world and such. And like, like, tell us about your encounters, and I believe you have a bit of a presentation to go through as well, which um, helps out. Yeah, that's right. So um, I was about nine when all this started, and uh, um, yeah, so I can share the presentation. Everyone can have a look at some pictures and things of of uh, what I've collated myself and. Uh, and uh but you know some renderings i've i've made myself i probably should do some more drawings and things like that i have i have done some drawings so people can get a general idea and try and visualize what i've seen this is all my own memories as well nothing's been um i haven't had hypnotherapy or anything so uh this is just my my pure memories um and and you'll you'll be able to see what i've seen through my pictures as they as they come up on the screen and i'll tell you about them as well so 
There's yeah, some notes there for me, so so you'll see I, I, the notes is just so I, I remember all of the things you know in order. So yeah, so we'll go through uh -huh. from from beginning to basically uh, the last one I had was last year, the last encounter that I had was yeah, last no, year. right, right. So let's get stuck into it. So let's share this up there and. So that's me when I was um, basically eight or nine. I, I'm not exactly sure of the, the age um, that I was. So um, that's me. I've circled me in purple there. I was a little cherub. <laughs> um, that's in Taree, so in New South Wales. Um, you know, I don't remember anything before this time. I, my first memory was when I was six weeks old. So I, I, I've actually confirmed that with my parents anyway. So maybe I've got like a memory that... Uh, sorry, I can remember far back in my lifetime. Um, we we came we came over from uh, the UK. I was born over there, and we flew on an aeroplane when I was six weeks old. And I remember that journey, so I was able to confirm that what happened with my my parents and things like that. So these memories of mine, um, you know, are, are quite distinct about these uh, beings that were coming into my room when I was eight or nine in Taree, um, and they're small dark creatures. Uh, relatively stocky with a, wearing a hood um, so it probably happened I'm going to say about a, a month maybe it's so hard for me to remember exactly how long this went on for so it was a regular occurrence and it was really scary for me um, <clears throat> I had to go to school afterwards of course in the next day and this seemed to happen most of, like the whole it seemed to take all all the whole night um was these encounters so uh so what would happen I, I sort of knew before the encounter would happen that so maybe I got a feeling or, or maybe there was sleep paralysis I don't remember exactly what prompted me to know something was going to happen but when these creatures came into the room there was probably um, between like two and three or maybe four I can't remember exactly how many, and I don't remember how, if they actually spoke to me, but they just showed me all sorts of, um, there were three things that they showed. One of them was blocked out because I just had to get on with life, you know, and they were so terrifying. I had to learn to compartmentalise uh, what was going on in my life. Um, but what would happen was the room um, would spin. Uh, this I would be lying on my bed like this and then the room would spin around and around and around my bed um terrifying and other things that were happening was like lots of lights and also time would distort so things would go very fast or very very slow so that was sort of messing around with time and space around me and I guess they were just showing me from you know without actually knowing that maybe there you know reality didn't exist in the way we thought that they would um so you know I tried I had to try to forget about it um obviously you can't forget about these things but when I started to investigate my you know these weird random things that were happening in my life this was the very last thing I added in last year when I started to um you know investigate all of my experiences and pull them out of the box so to speak and and have a close look at them um because I put pushed everything so far back into my mind. These were my memories, but I just I couldn't. How no one spoke about this stuff. I didn't know how to deal with it. There was no help. There was no you know groups that I found. So um, I basically had to um, you know look look at all these experiences. And this this 
particular experience when I was young was the very last thing that I was that I was that I actually looked at and thought, well, this this is not human. I better put this in with the weird and wonderful ET box. So um, the only way this actually stopped this these experiences was I noticed that when I went into my sister's bedroom, my sister sitting next to me there, Heather, she um, she does recall something from this time period as well um but the only way that these experiences was were stopped was because I asked my parents to put me in to my sister's bedroom and we I slept in there in a bunk so um I I did notice that they weren't happening when I was in when I stayed in my sister's bedroom and so I thought well that's one way to get rid of them and so these experiences did stop then um and when uh, my mum bought the where the book where the wild things are that um i've actually got that on the next slide i'll show you so you can see how similar these creatures are to the book where the wild things are so um yeah that's scary that one's from communion and i thought that this book my mum bought was a guidebook oh goody now some people are finally talking about this stuff um i can actually you know learn about what was happening in in my life um but you know my parents didn't accept that there was anything happening it was always like oh you had a bad dream but this wasn't these these weren't dreams you know um and that's taken from communion someone only told me like a, a couple of months ago that 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 those creatures were even other people had experienced them too and I actually think Peter Curry had experienced them as well so he and I both went to Cardwell as you did too Anthony and we both had that on our image to show people what we'd experienced and another lady actually came up to me at Cardwell and she said she's seen those things too so I only know a few people in the world that have actually had these little creatures come into their room so um you know, of course, I, I couldn't get through the book where the old things are when mum mum was reading it to us. I was like, oh, here's a here's a lovely children's story. No, it was no not lovely at all. It was terrifying, <laughs> and I, I'd be screaming halfway through, and I, mum would have to send me to bed into the room that these things happened at. You know, so oh, no. uh, yeah. Anyway, so like I had to get on with life and things like that. So um, when I the next event that would happen was when I was. Um, well I was uh, 17 there in that left hand photo there so in in that particular photo I was pregnant um first boyfriend uh unfortunately we didn't you know well I I didn't know much about protection so I, I got on the pill straight afterwards but I actually found found out I was pregnant um and uh what this is another thing that I had to add in to my weird and wonderful this ain't right box you know that I that I'd stored in my the back of my brain for I'm 50 now so I had I had all this started to come back to me only last year um and uh, I had to sort of reevaluate my whole life and my whole life's changed since then um and you know I, I never really spoke about it people throughout my life that I've disclosed to now they were like oh yeah you, I remember you said something way back then so people knew that I had seen things and, and weird things happen but when I actually put everything together in one big like laid it out all on the on the table with myself if you can know what I mean I realized that I had so many weird and wonderful experiences and I've only been talking about this this year to people so um, it, it, I've never really spoken about it to anybody 
occasionally I'd tell some people some things, but when when I laid out the whole range of what had happened to me, I realised that actually I've got quite significant experiences. So what happened was when I was, uh, this is 1990 and I, and I was 16, so uh, 17, should I say, um, my, and my boyfriend and I got pregnant. He organised to go to Sydney. That's not my boyfriend there. That, that's his friend that we stayed with. His name is Dean. Um, I think he was a policeman actually. So he, uh, that's the day after I, I got the abortion. So in that left-hand one there, I um, was pregnant. I was so embarrassed that I thought I was showing because I was nearly three months pregnant um, because that's how long it took to kind of organise an abortion clinic. I didn't, I, I, I was only young. I didn't want to have babies then, you know. And yep. uh, anyway, so when we went down to Sydney, um, in the abortion clinic, they, they gave you like a twilight, um, it's called a twilight anaesthetic. You, you basically don't, it's not a full anaesthetic, but you don't remember anything sort of thing. And anyway, so when when I sort of, they, in the recovery room, the, the nurse said to me, oh, by the way, there was no fetus in there. And I thought, oh, how ridiculous. I'm only 17. I didn't know anything about, you know, what size things were. Um, so I assumed that it would just be a tiny speck a tiny speck and that they just missed it. So I was like, I just wrote it off. But then what happened a few years later, I'd actually broken up with um, a different boyfriend and I found myself pregnant again. And I, so I went, took myself off to Tari hospital or the, one of the doctors and I, I, they wouldn't do an abortion. I've realized without an ultrasound. So, but again, this nurse came up to me and said there was no fetus in there again. And Again, I just pushed it in the back of my mind going, well, obviously you guys are incompetent, you know, but then I started to realise this isn't right, you know, but babies don't go missing sort of thing. Um, so uh, I actually like the idea that maybe maybe ET's got, got my babies rather than, you know, the alternative, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So It's not the first time I've actually heard about that either. Like, you know, um, I think uh, Jane Pulliel is another one who's sort of had that experiences there where, you know, she's had, fetus has gone missing there and she's also talked to other women who had the same thing so yeah. it's and like the the doctors are coming with excuses going oh your body's absorbed it or something like that's like, right it no. doesn't go and absorb no, a, a fetus uh, and um, the other thing it's going to come out either way <laughs> and the other thing well i know another lady glennis Mackay, who she ran used to run mufon she's in her 80s now when she she was um seven months pregnant one day and then the next day she woke up not pregnant. So this does happen. Um, they do take babies. They obviously do take babies. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. So obviously I've maybe got grown-up children up there on spacecraft, which is a really lovely alternative to, um, uh, yeah. you know, I'm just moving some things around on my screen there so I can see that bit. So yeah. in between those two events, um, what happened was I was living in Noosa with that same boyfriend, the first boyfriend, and um, so I was 19 then. So this is between those two pregnancies where I had the most significant experience of my life and I still think about it in great depth to this day. I wish that I could actually um, bring more to my memories but I don't particularly think I'll cope with <laughs> all the like 30 years of contact all of a sudden coming up into the fore if, if I went and got hypnotherapy or something. So I'd prefer to just stick with my pure memories for now and um, and just, you know, be done with that uh, because these are quite significant as well. So that's a painting I did to try and replicate 
what happened to me when I got drawn up onto the craft. So you can see I'm a little tiny person right in the centre there. Yep. Down the bottom is the place that we lived in, Noosa. And out the back of that, is, you can have a little look there, there's the um, washing line. So uh, what it. happened, at nine o'clock at night, I went out the back door and uh, was hanging washing out the line because I realised, oh, crap, I better get that out there. It's not going to dry by the morning or something. So I was hanging washing out. And what happened was a, a min, what I thought was a min-min light around, it's probably about, hard to tell exactly how big it was, but say this, oh, I don't know, like a large beach ball size, um, that floated down. I didn't see this craft then, but this this thing floated down in front of me, this Min Min light, and I thought, oh, well, that's what Min Min lights look like finally. I wouldn't have known. That's what I thought it was. Um, so this round ball orb of light floated towards me and out of the sky and I was actually on the other side of the washing line walking backwards away from it, but it was sort of bouncing in front of my face about two two to three metres away at, at that uh, height and it was it was kind of playing with me. And I thought, I'm not going to touch you because I feel like that you might be radioactive. So I had my hands behind my back and I it was sort of bouncing around just playing with me a little bit. It sounds bizarre, but it, it felt like it was alive. So... What happened then, it actually surprisingly flew into my face. It just hit me straight, came flying straight into my face and hit me in the head. Uh, I don't know. I never saw it. I didn't see it again afterwards, but it was like it must have absorbed me or I was, it grabbed hold of me or something and I, I was floating in the air, but I wasn't, I was in body. I wasn't in astral or anything. That was me floating in the air straight up and, I realised above me was this craft when I looked up in the sky. And, I mean, that was um, it's unbelievable when you think about it because it's pitch black and I probably went at least 300 metres in the air just floating. And I thought to myself, I was looking down and I kept hearing a voice saying, no, look up, look up, look look up. So I did look down and it was scary, looked up. Um, I thought I better remember every single little thing that, I'm you know seeing here because I was, was forcing myself to remember everything and that's why I've drawn those coils is what I call them that that was red hot coils that were just um so hot that they had like a heat haze on them uh, and I'm not exactly sure the the configuration but I thought well that's what's holding this thing in the air and I thought this is 1992 we're not we don't have this sort of technology you know this is this is definitely from outer space um and so when I what happened next I went up into I've actually got another picture but I will go back just for my notes this is what it looked like when I was inside so there were four tall beings that that's useless the picture I drew was is ugly but you get the general gist of it yeah um so i'll get back again to this one so i can see my notes there but so four tall beings there were two males and two females and i had long blonde hair too and they had long blonde hair uh we actually i was short but they we looked we looked we looked the same we kind of looked the same we'd look like we were kind of the same um which was really bizarre what was going through my head was you know don't rape me don't steal me don't kill me don't you know mm. uh put implants in me don't kind of like take cut cut me up or whatever I didn't, I didn't even know what they were doing so out of nervousness um 
I, I was the first one to talk and I said, oh, welcome to planet Earth, you know, kind of like uh, greetings, you know. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. It, was, it sounds so ironic now that I think back on it. But it was, it was me just blurting this stuff out that I'd heard obviously on TV. So um, so that was what, what, I, what I'd said to them. And um, I think they may have sort of said something rather like, um, if you touch us, we will kill you. It will kill you or you will die <laughs> sort of thing. So really? I was like, okay, so we're not going to be friends, you know. So that was really bizarre. Um, but I, I took that as meaning perhaps that they were um, wearing something, their spacesuits may be, uh, you know, electric or something and, and maybe it will zap me. So I, I, I kind of took took it um the nicest possible way that I could when someone threatens you to kill you so um anyway but to my surprise they they actually turned around and said well do you want to fly the craft and so that was pretty pretty amazing and that just blew my mind that they and so you know the the things that they were that from from me saying greetings to them going we'll kill you to flying the craft it was sort (laughs) of like one into the other you know um (laughs) so it was I had to like kind of face my fears and really just sort of had to say all right I'll push everything down that I was terrified I could have sit sat there screaming my head off but I, I chose the higher path and um so they actually you can see in the next pic, picture there you can see the seats so I sat in the left hand seat I've got no idea what the console looked like but I do remember there was must have been a view screen or something in front there so the two I can't remember what happened to the women I just assumed that kind of went back somewhere and the two men sat side by side there and uh so I was on the left hand side and the guy that one of the guys he um was guiding me of how to fly the craft so like I said I can't remember exactly exactly how I was flying it I just remember my main memory was um fields so it just I felt like I was flying really fast and all I could see underneath me was just fields coming and rolling past. So I'd be field, 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 you know. Uh, and he he said, no, you think that's fast? This is fast. And he he hopped in the seat. So this went on all night, this whole episode. So this was like another one of these long night things. Um, and he, uh, he, he got in this and he just punched it and he just went so fast so far and so long I had no idea kind of where where on earth we were in in the world basically and I couldn't get any bearings and there was no you know so this was so bizarre um and I got started to get really scared actually because I thought well you know what I've got to I've got to get back to work and I've got to kind of get um you know my what if they what if they do steal me where am I going kind of thing so I started to get quite panicky and anyway, so um, I actually reached over to the man there and I grabbed hold of his arm and I said, and I thought, well, that didn't kill me, <laughs> you know. And yes, he's solid. And yes, he's muscular and ridiculously good looking, these Nordics, you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so I, I did reach out, held onto his arm and I didn't die. Uh, the women didn't kill me or whatever. So, and I said, excuse me, can we go back now? And he said, Yes, but first we're going to put an implant in the back of your head. And I woke up like that, like this, and grabbed my back of my, my neck. 
and there is a lump there, but I don't know how long I've had that lump there for. So I haven't had it investigated. But um, I do seem to remember a couple of things that they told me, like I'd asked them, where are you guys from? And they said, I, I don't know the timeline exactly when I asked them, and they said, um, we're travellers. That was it. And I kind of got the feeling that they were like from the Swedish area or something. And I thought, that I wish that they'd told me where they were actually from, but they said they're, they're travellers. That was the exact terminology they used. And, uh, and then I also remember them saying, we will see you again or something like that. Like, uh, and I took that as being the next day. So I spent the whole day looking at from my shop, you know, counter looking, looking, looking for these four people to turn up again to, to say, oh, hi, you remember we, we saw you last night. I mean, if this was a dream, would. why would you do that? You know, you wouldn't be doing that sort of thing. But the interesting thing was when I, this was, like I said, this took all night basically. And when I got up, when I woke up, it was already morning time and um, I hopped up and had to go to work and I hadn't slept basically, but yet I woke up in my bed. Um, and uh, what happened was um, I went upstairs to have breakfast and I put the radio on and there was a UFO reported that night. Well, so that blew my mind. And again, one of these things that like I had to just, yeah, but it was different to what I'd seen. It wasn't oh. this weird sort of shape, like a like a bus shape one. This was um, a, a green cylindrical UFO that peop- that was reported like a fluorescent light. Anyway, this becomes significant really because I've seen that twice again. I never saw it that first time, but I've actually have seen it t- myself. So um, the next. That's my lump there. So I I don't know. I mean, it could be whatever it is. But, you know, because I feel like that um, I've been followed around the world, um, so you'll see through the other stories and uh, to, to different countries and different cities and they find me whilst I'm like driving on highways and motorways and I actually think they can hear my thoughts and that, and they actually show themselves when I sort of ask to see them in the sky and that now. Um, so this is the next time that I had. Sorry, I just need one. Yeah. Just a quick question on that. Um, yeah, were, yeah. Um, you're, you're living alone then or did you? No, I did have that boyfriend <clears throat> in, I can't remember. I, I never actually articulated what had happened to me. I, I didn't know how to, you know, this is not a thing that you talk about. Um, I just compartmentalized all these things. Um, yep. So you're living alone, but like, was he the boyfriend there at the time there? Or I can't um, remember. Okay. I, I've tried to think back, but I sort of had, like I say, I, I sort of, I didn't block these things, but so that's all my memories, what I've just told you then. I know what they look like. I know what the craft, yep. I know what the seat looked like, which is interesting because I have seen these bucket kind of swivel seats before. Oh, sorry, when I'm saying that, I mean on other people's reports. Um people often report these swivel seats. And I thought that was a really bizarre thing at the time that it was a swivel seat. That's my most, um, you know, solid memory that it was definitely like a white swivel seat or something, which I thought that's very human tech. But um, anyway, so, um, yeah. Because the question I was asking um, regarding that was just in case, like, did he notice that you were missing or anything like that? Like any questions? What happened to you last night? No idea. I wish. 
I'm not going to contact him or anything like that. But <laughs> no, that's all right. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he probably wouldn't remember anyway. Um, and that's unfortunately because I've left it so long for me to chase this stuff up. People don't remember anything anyway. Yeah. But um, what happened when I, I was over in uh, my dad took me over to to England and Scotland because, like I said, I was born over there. So dad took me over when I was I had my twenty first over there. And uh, so what happened was we went from. South End on Sea, all the way up to Arbroath. That's where my dad, my dad's Scottish, um, yep. and we drove that whole way. It sounds like a long way, all the way from you know England to Scotland in one night, but it's actually only eight hours. <clears throat> and we did stop one of the times there too. Well, what happened was on the drive, I was sitting in the back seat. My brother was in younger brother was in the front seat, passenger seat, and Dad was driving. Um, and I've got that photo there of, of see the the lights on fog. Or, or the lights reflected from fog. I, I found that on Facebook, and it's a Facebook image, so I'm, I, I can't like copyright it. You know, I, I'm just saying this is what I took. Yep. I've actually saved this because I was, I thought this is exactly what I saw. So we were driving for hours and hours, and that was right above the car. It was rotating lights, rotating one way, and then. A, in the center lights rotating the other way and also pulsating in and out like this but right above the car and it was following us in the exact you know trajectory i guess okay. um for hours and i was rolling the window down saying um you know is this uh, you know lights reflected on our hubcap is it coming from somewhere in the car it's it's up in the sky you know thinking it's rotating around like this but the other one's rotating and then pulsating in and out so it just blew my mind I was like what is this and it didn't even occur to me it was a UFO it really seriously didn't because I I never really kind of um pieced all this together it sounds bizarre but I I never really did um and I didn't know what what I was looking at and it was above the trees and it was just following us. This is all, that's the whole story. Really, there's nothing else, but this is what I mean. Like these things happen. So do I have an implant? What's going on? What is going on? I don't really know. I wish I knew. Um, so the the next time I saw a really weird thing was when, do you see, remember that's uh, cylindrical UFO. So um, we were, actually I traveled when I was um 24 and I was um went to I went to Africa with I went I did a whole around the world trip sort of thing because my, my parents were travelers we all traveled in you know in our um family so uh we were staying on the Zambezi river on a canoe trip and that when I actually googled that I found something very similar and this looks like a similar kind of camping experience on a canoe trip so it was a five-day I think four or five day canoe trip and on the first or second night somebody went oh sorry firstly we saw we saw a satellite go straight overhead and we thought oh well that's a satellite and this is mind you this is 96 so there wasn't many satellites and you know it's not like now where the Elon Musk got millions of yeah. satellites up there um and then somebody went what what's that over there so basically right on the horizon was a light traveling like that and it just traveled along very slowly in the far distance and I thought oh my god I know about that one because I've I was thinking in the back of my I didn't mention what happened because no one wanted to hear anything you know um and I thought I know what that is I know what that is and I and I finally articulate you know quietly 
I think that's a UFO. And as soon as I said that, it just disappeared. And it disappeared like behind a little wisp, tiny wisp of cloud that was only a tiny little thing. And there's no way it would have disappeared. So it switched off or it just disappeared. And I thought, oh, my mm. God, I said that right when it disappeared. And um, exactly a week later, we were camping again at the Drakensberg Mountains, which is, I believe, near that aerial school. That Some of these are near that aerial school. I found out later. I never heard about it before. But this is just a couple of years after that aerial school um, encounter where the UFO came down, the little beings. Is anyway, that the Zimbabwean one? Yeah, that's right. So some of these are around there. And I remember when I told somebody about it when I was in Africa, they said, oh, that's a hot spot there. And I was like, really? Oh, I never knew. Uh, and I didn't even know about that aerial school one for, until what, only last year or the year before. But what happened was we were camping again. So we, we were at the base of the mountains, basically. The mountains, it was like called Dra Dragon's Back, Drakensberg. So it's a big arc of mountains and we were camping right at the base. And uh, it was so because of that we were in the mountains, it got quite dark quite quickly. So we were in the campground um, trying to get everything ready, dinner and all that sort of stuff before it got quite dark. But up when we looked at the sky, it was still blue. So I noticed a, a satellite went over and I thought, oh, look, everyone, there's a satellite. And then... I thought, oh, you know what, last time we saw a satellite and I was trying to articulate to, to people what we'd seen a, a week before um, and I was looking around the campground sort of thinking, oh, well, where's the green colour? And I, I couldn't even get it out, what, I'd, what we'd seen. Uh, and then I looked up in the sky and there it is directly above us and it was massive. So there are the clouds there. If you can see the, the rendition of the clouds that I'd done, dodgy. Yep. But you could see how massive this thing must have been. And it was behind the clouds and it was, clouds are like 10,000 feet up or something, you know, they, they're not small, but this thing must have been absolutely massive. And it was made, it was green, like the other two ones that I'd heard of, the first one and I've also seen the second one, but it was like optic fibre. It was, it was like a, it was like a crystal or glass or something, which was in incredible, you know, it was almost see-through uh, and on the edge it was like optic fiber in that it was brighter and it was completely see, uh, you know, cylindrical and smooth. And I, I mean, there was no propulsion. There was no noise. It was just incredible. So that was, that was that again, I felt like, Oh my God, I've been talking about it right then there too. So that, that was another really bizarre thing. Um, but when I, when I moved back to Sydney, I actually, well, I went, moved to Sydney and I, all this stuff's going around my mind all the time, like what's going on? And I remember seeing, um, going outside and seeing three rainbows like that in a, in a row, one on top of each other. And it made me start thinking, oh, God, what, what did I see all the other times and things and what's going on? Did I imagine it? No one talks about it. No, I didn't, definitely didn't imagine it. You know, these, these things must be real. So I actually saw um, a little blue, say, what I thought was a balloon floating in the sky and then I saw another colour balloon and I thought, well, that, that's weird. Look at these balloons. And I, and, uh, and I realised these aren't balloons because more more and more kept coming and they were all just floating in different directions and things, different colours. And then the whole sky lit up in stars in the middle of the day and I was thinking, oh, my God, I was just asking like this, what is do they, uh, is this real are these things real and the whole sky just lit up in stars 
and then they all just wow. flashed off at once. So I, I know it was like a confirmation. I couldn't get like over my excitement. I was like, oh my god! And of course, hubby at the time he was like, oh, who cares? No one wants to know all this rubbish. You know, this is just crap or something. Anyway, oh, um, so I know. So this is what I mean. I've just had this really like. Uh, it's a, my did whole anyone life. else sort of witness this at the same time though? Yes, like anyone else people did witness it. Well, my husband. Um, but this is a, another bizarre thing that happened to me when I, again, when I was asked, I've, I ha- tried to find a woman that was lying down in in a non-sexual pose. It was very difficult on, on Google. Anyway, so <laughs> that's what it was. And it, she actually had a wheat pack on her tummy, so I had to kind of cover that over. Anyway, so um, what happened was um, what was <laughs> gone up back up to Tari, visited friends up there, school friends. It may have been a reunion, I'm not really sure. And um laying we're laying I was laying, sorry, after a humongous night the next morning on a mattress in my friend's um spare bedroom. And um I felt so sick. I always get sick when I drink. So I'm laying there going, oh God, I don't want to be sick, you know. And I started to think about these beings and all these weird things that I'd seen and UFOs and and just it's so weird because you just um, I felt like I was the only one that had all this stuff happening and um, everyone else either forgot or just didn't, you know, pretended they didn't exist or something. So I was laying there and I thought to myself, I know what I'll do. I'll ask these guys if, whoever they are, um, if they really exist, they'll come down here right this very second in time and heal me and then I have no other choice but to believe that they're real. And I kind of gave them an ultimatum. And instantly the room started to buzz like a buzzing bee noise. It was and it was so loud. And so um, the vibration just was rocking the whole room and it was coming out of my stomach, this vibration. Um, And it was like a, um, a ripple effect and it was like some sort of big major energy healing of this buzzing and whole room world or whatever it was rocking with this, you know, vibrational waves. And um, then it, I thought, God, well, I have to believe they exist now. <laughs> Basically told them if you, if you do this now, I have to believe you that you exist, whoever you are. Um, so that was so weird. And I thought, I oh, finally, I got some um, confirmation, Not like, you know, I ran out from my friend and I said oh my god did you just hear that noise and did you just see that thing that happened and they're like no nothing's happened down here you know you're weird sort of thing and I was like oh my god this is just so this life is so bizarre because I'm having all these things happening and it's like no that it's like I had to pretend nothing was happening you know yeah I think everyone sort of wants that ability after a big night out you know the bit of a hangover yeah. cure. that'd be very yeah, convenient <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll ask them again. They never did it again. So, ah. so these are these weird recurring dreams that I, I had, um, and I had to put this all together in and realizing now people have weird dreams, and I thought they were dreams, and I now I realize that they maybe weren't dreams, um, but probably for about twenty years I've dreamt about that little grey lady. Oh, I think she's a lady. That's Skinny Bob, obviously, um, but. When I started to investigate this, that was one of the pictures that I just stared at and I was like, oh, my God, this is the creature that I've seen in my dreams. And we were staring at each other like only a foot or two apart um, where we would just stare at each other and um, <clears throat> in my dream, sorry, 
uh, as part of this dream complex and um, I would have to hold any fears back or stop worrying or stop fearing and I would have to learn to love and, and respect this creature that looked different but there was so much love coming out of this creature sort of thing. Um, so but what would happen at the beginning of each dream, I would sort of um, I would, I'd find myself awake in an industrial area or something like you know industrial areas where they have like right at the back it's fenced off it's gravelly it's there's no lights and there's a bunch of other people there and I'm standing there and uh I'm actually pinching myself to make sure I'm awake I'm like yes finally I'm awake when I see a UFO and I didn't I didn't even heard of triangular uh, UFOs but I'd seen them in my dreams and this triangular triangular sorry uf black ufo would just be right up in the sky and just come straight down on top of us and people would be screaming but i knew we wouldn't get hurt it wasn't going to land on us or squash us and i was sort of like the ringleader going it's fine don't worry you'll be everyone get on board don't worry it's all good there's nothing to fear and um that's the whole repeating dream year after year and again this when i dream these things there would be reports about ufos or oh something was seen so i would in the back of my mind I, i'm like oh my god this is actually not dream because it was getting confirmed again with like reports of ufos and things so this little gray being would teach me how to love somehow and not to be afraid so i'd, I'd wander around the craft i mean i i, I don't know and the, but then I wake up in my bed again and go, oh, well, that mustn't have been a dream. But then I realise now it probably could have been a dream, you know. Were the, um, so, the you know, people there we, you had around you were like they're the same faces you were familiar with, like with the recurring. Well, I remember there was one doctor there? I used one doctor I used to work with. He I remember seeing him in my dream, and um, the next day we were staring at each other, but no one said anything. I'm too scared to actually ask him if he ever was in that dream we might not remember i'll probably look like an idiot then so i never said anything to him but um last year on the 13th of february i felt like it's time to wake up and i got told it's time to wake up i got three taps on the foot and take out my get my camera and go outside and there'll be a, a, a ufo out there so i hopped up it was like four four or five in the morning and uh i took that series of photos there where a ufo was like click 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 that's how fast this thing was going and it basically went across the sky so i was able to get some photos and i reported it to mufon um and i thought oh yeah they, there you go i've seen this and he he asked what i'd seen and, and it went through the thing and then i was like oh by the way i've seen a couple of other things and he's like, what? And I explained a couple of things. And he's like, what else? And explained some more things. And I ended up like putting in six. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Steen files or something. He, he submitted 16 files on my behalf and I started to think, oh God, really? Is this, is this really real? So um, a couple of um, couple of weeks after that, a UFO came flying across my car in pure, in you know daylight, uh, fr- driving on the Logan Motorway. Um, I was doing hundred kilometres an hour, and this thing came flying across my car. Basically, it was like a flattened triangular thing, and it was flashing really brilliant white and really dark black kind of thing and it was just on off on off and it was like a frisbee direction and I thought that's I'm, I'm doing 100 kilometers an hour and this thing f- came from the other side and flew across my car above this tree line I, I nearly had an accident trying to find where this thing went behind the trees I didn't see it after that it was probably about two meters two to three meters wide in the daylight and I thought, oh, my God, this, do I have an implant? Is this what is going on, you know? Um, again, one of these doesn't make sense sort of thing. Uh, and it's, But I also got a lot of downloads from whatever was kind of making contact with me again too. So I'd have like a lot of dreams. I'd go outside. I'd see flashing, repeating lights and flashings. And, and I do that now to this day. I can go outside and I can go, hi, guys, are you up there? and in my heart you know and they they float along and they come past and I don't even know so many or I can't even keep track of I don't even bother keeping track anymore of these lights and things that I see but in May last year this is the last actual kind of experience that I had was um I did actually get sleep paralysis because I was laying there and I thought I can't move is this what sleep paralysis is like and so it was the night before the first CE5 group meeting that I wanted to go to. So this is me kind of coming out. I'll come out of the closet, everyone, you know, UFO girl here. <laughs> Freaked everyone out. No one's, no one, my whole family can't, still can't get their head around it sort of thing. Cause, and my, I've actually broken up with my husband um, because he just couldn't, he just couldn't cope with it. And 
really like you know it's this has been this is my life now you know it's been going on a long time and it's been really difficult so but anyway um sorry um yeah so what happened though this night um sorry um was two greys were looking over me one taller and one shorter and they're like what's wrong with her why is she freaking out <laughs> and I'm, I'm freaking out you know because I was like, oh, my God, these things actually exist, even though I've seen them for 40 years, still 40 or 50 years. It is, it's still like this weird world that I'm living in at the moment where I still question, do these things exist, you know, <laughs> even though I've seen so many things. Um, and anyway, so I don't know what happened. Something, something happened between, like they blocked my memory um, probably again from all these other times that my memory's probably been blocked and I don't really want to know what they really did. Um, yeah. But 40 minutes, 40 minutes went past from me, you know, with the time when I did sort of fall asleep, if you want to call it that, to rousing again, whatever that was. But I was awake the whole time, if that makes sense. And I actually um, thought I couldn't breathe at one point and I, I was saying to them, um, I, um, what do I say? I need to move my arm. And they're like, no, no, you need to stay still. And I'm like, no, no, I need to move my arm because I wanted to just unblock whatever it was that was in. I thought the pillow was in front of my face. Maybe they were moving me. I don't know what they were doing, you know. Um, and they said, well, how can we help you? And I said, I just need to move my arm. Oops, sorry, like that. And um, I actually woke up exactly woke up or came to or whatever it was in exactly the same position as that sort of thing after I'd done I thought, well, it, the pillow wasn't there, but somehow I can breathe or something. So, yeah, it was really, that's, I think that's basically the last thing that's happened apart from, oh, that's just another thing that I wrote. Um, yeah, so that's basically, apart from me seeing these things all the time and the sky like lights and, and flashes and, you know, and bizarre ones like um, sometimes in the dark sky, I'm looking and I can just see things coming out of this, like a portal or going into a portal. One night, um, this is this is only in Brisbane too. I mean, it's nowhere dramatic, really different. One night I remember um, seeing uh, all these lights going into one area of the sky and then a jet from Amberley just came roaring from one side of the sky all the way through that spot yeah, and right. out the other side. Um, so, yeah, th they obviously know that there's things happening in that too so yeah i mean i don't know what's going on i wish i did that i you know i i don't claim to know what's going on even though i've seen three different species in all these different countries and different experiences and different crafts and things like that but i'm still left gobsmacked with actually what's going on and it's as soon as um you know the u.s started to <clears throat> admit that they've been having a secret then i started up going well i don't have to pretend i've got a secret anymore either <laughs> yeah i think it's uh, sort of made a lot of people start coming forward now too which is great because um yeah obviously the reality is there that these things are existing in your airspaces and such you know it's it's one of those things like it's well overdue to be honest uh they should have been well and truly open with us from day dot um but obviously yeah. they, they got their own agendas and stuff like that so but you can, you can go on for ages there whinging and complaining but it's not going to achieve any unfortunately and i mean you know we've got so many different kinds obviously and yeah i don't feel like that they're doing me bad or wrong even though maybe they're a bit scary and things like that and i still don't know what's going on i don't feel like that they are really bad you know 
no, which that's is cool. good. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what's sort of like your conclusion of the whole thing? Like, obviously, yeah, you've had all these different experiences there. Like, do you have like some sort of like early idea conclusion of the whole experiences? Well, my only thoughts is that I think that they're helping sp- with, with spirituality and just trying to um, make us wake up, make, you know, like a little, I suppose, um, with our gifts. So if you want to call it that, um, psychic, uh, you know, spirituality, you know, um, connection, learning about our our, our our energy bodies i, I think um yeah. you know they, they they actually told me to do a meditation course so i did that I've, you know i kind of get downloads from them and things um or at least some guidance and advice and i just yeah. feel like that i'm i'm hopefully hopefully helping other people just to come um you know to their own you know acceptance of their own experiences and making it okay to talk about it um so i I do have a a disclosure facebook page i was sort of noticed that no one was communicating any at all in australia so i started up my own facebook page just it's called uh, ufo slash uap disclosure australia uh where i just only share news articles and no memes and all the other rubbish um it's a serious page that um people can get all their information from and I've got a, a radio program now we, we're interviewing people um, so that's just make normalizing the situation to the public I think that's the most important thing that we've got to do right now so it's a bit of a responsibility just to you know the stigma and normalize everything that something is here something is helping us I suppose maybe maybe there's other things that aren't helping us but you know some things are helping us I think yeah, and, absolutely. And definitely here, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like you look at through history there, like there's been interactions there from like not that the government's gonna admit to it, but you know, they're turning off nuclear bombs and such. And like they're there's they're obviously yeah. something in the background there that they're in control of here. And the government's are just uh, the forefront basically, um, for whatever reasons, or or there could be more to it that's even more warped in that regard. Like you, there's so many different opinions and such that just makes you wonder like what the hell is really going on in this world um, yeah so i feel like, like that, with all that sort of stuff. I, f- I feel like that by discussing and normalizing it then we can all bring our pieces to the puzzle and make a big picture whereas yeah. at the moment like i've only got a couple of things i've i do um i have connected with a fair few other contactees and that's really helpful because i feel like then um like it's a very unique situation to be in when you're a contactee and it's very um isolating and you don't realize how difficult it is until um you find other people and they've struggled with it for the lot a lot as well and um i think i think that's important because there must be so many people that have seen things and ontological shock i've had 40 years to kind Mm. of to kind of get through how to deal with this or cope with it or just understand it and there must be so many people there that are seeing things for the first time ever and and discovering this news um that that we we all just need to um help each other along you know yeah absolutely like like you're saying like you know the more people who talk about this sort of thing the better the disclosure is going to become people are going to be a lot more comfortable to sort of be a bit more outspoken about what is happening and seeing in their own encounters you know it's such a lot um, so yeah, like what you're doing there, like obviously your radio show, you're supporting a little more other people, which is absolutely fantastic. Like I feel like a lot of people need to be um, supported in this sort of thing. 
especially like um in the fact that like with abductees um like abductions and such like that's a probably the biggest thing to try and come to terms with if someone has like sort of realizing they are having these kind of experiences or encounters like like how do you even approach that sort of subject like going hey look like you can't yeah. really go to a doctor or a psychologist and go no. hey i'm having these um experiences that i'm getting i feel like i'm getting abducted here and like they're gonna like look at you and go all right here's some medication here's you know you're a That's wacko right. go to a bloody go to a bloody uh uh nutty house you know <laughs> Yeah, but like I've, I found that over the time where people have been there and seen them, they just have this like a closure that they do. They don't continue to investigate and they don't continue to learn. Whereas I, I yeah. just want to know what what's going on. I, I can't stop learning and wanting to know what's going on. I, I'm too interested in 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 the most amazing thing. Um, you know, why are they here? Who are they? What what are they doing? what's i can't you know how do we find out about this stuff so that's why i think that talking to other abductees or contactees is the best place to go not necessarily um ex so-called experts who may have researched things it's us on the ground level who um have the information yeah that's the, that's the biggest thing too like like you're saying, like they, you get these other experts that haven't really experienced anything in their own rights to even say like they can have any explanation to what's going on. You know, like every, like myself, like I haven't had any like proper physical encounters and such. Like I've seen something in the sky that I didn't really couldn't really identify, even though it wasn't anything phenomenal in that regard. Like you know, you people seeing shapes and stuff like or like absolute pure detailed crafts. Whereas much as a strange yeah. light in the sky, I can't explain it. But like well, yourself, well, we like, went. We went to the C5 together, didn't we, that night at Cardwell? Yeah, yeah, we went out there and had a bit of an explosion in the sky there and there's a couple of little flashes yeah. there from um, yeah, oh, but there was about them geostationary. Yeah, I yeah, saw some... like there, there were geostationary satellites yeah. there in the distance there, just yeah. doing the orbs. And other people want to call them something else, but I, I, I don't know I was, either. They're a bit more critical. <laughs> and yeah. like, that's, that's my biggest, best explanation to it because I've seen them quite often when I'm watching the sky there. And that's the best explanation I come with, like geostationary um, satellites. Do yeah. a bit of rotation because you can time them like usually about eight to ten seconds roughly and then they'll flash again. Well, you can pretty much time them until yeah. they're sort of like fade off and disappeared in the rotation. Um, but like yeah. I was saying, like, you know, like people like yourself there who've had these physical encounters there, like the, you guys are the ones who should be back and beyond closed doors or even open doors. I prefer yeah. open doors because then, you know, things are getting um, shared properly. You know, they, you guys should be there going, look, this is what's happening in reality here. Yeah. Um, investigate into this stuff here. We don't care about what's flying around in our skies right now. That's not important. We need to go, what is happening here with these people who are being abducted? Why are they being taken? What's the agenda here? What's the whole concept here of what they're trying to achieve here? You know, that's the question that should be asked and it should be investigated into more seriously with the governments. Um, well, they probably even know themselves, really, but. That's the part yeah. for me. I feel like that should be brought open into the more in the open um, from the government side of things. Um, but again, that's still that stigma attached to it, and they just want to concentrate on what's flying in our skies at the moment, which is ridiculous. There's more to this than just flying objects in the sky that the, yeah. the radars are picking up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and if we're sharing genetics, well, what is really going on? Why? What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, why are they sharing genetics? Why are they splicing yeah. our genetics to go on? Yeah, you know, like some sort of hybridization or something like that. You know, like, is it some sort of uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, uh, you know, uh, breeding program or something? <laughs> yeah, it's a breeding program, or is it like is, is it a 
an invasion of sorts there like you know so like you know you're breeding from the background there and getting your own species in yeah. there and next no thing we're like we're um <laughs> yeah, we're out of the picture then because they're, and the they're other thought, over. and and if i have children up there at that somehow i can you know that that means that i'm not going to want to hurt them when and if they arrive uh, am i am yes, I, you right. know i'll, yeah, be, you I'll know. be on their side yeah Ah, so you mean one of them? I see. <laughs> right, we're gonna watch it for you then. <laughs> I already know. I already know they're loving and they're, they're caring, and 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 I've already been, you know, well trained, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we've got a traitor here. Okay. So just um, watch out for Rowan, people, when we do get invaded. <laughs> yes, sorry everyone, I'll be on their side. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. So I've got a um, couple of questions here. So. Um, Oh, I've got my dear old dad here. He's in the comments here. He's going in there. He's, he's uh, pestering me now. He's asking about the technology that you've seen there. Like what, um, any sort of particular technology that sort of might take notice of whilst you're on these crafts? Like that's so different or familiar maybe or anything that's sort of yeah. you can sort of recollect? I wish I, could, I wish I could remember a lot of it myself. I've, trust me, I've been trying to remember it. And I also don't want to add things onto my memory. So I have to be very careful not to... Um, you know, fluff up my story. I make it very yeah, um, straight with what I remember. Um, but the, definitely the swivel seats um, and some sort of, well, obviously uh, this red hot iron thing, not iron, uh, you know, I, I, I don't even know what it is, some sort of plasma, um, you know, coiled thing underneath that's obviously holding it up. Don't know what that is. Um, and obviously anti-grav as well and, and yeah, if you just that, go back to that that presentation part there i'll throw it back up there so people can see the craft again uh, yeah i'll just bear with me ah uh, oh that one inside the craft uh, so, right, well, we'll oh, yeah, that's just my memory uh, anyway so uh, yeah um and, and the other one there where you were sort of in the sky there where um, you actually said that had the craft there. Oh, yeah. The one before it. Yeah, so that's me yeah. floating. Um, it was, it was so, about bus-shaped. So, and the other thing is, is that, like, what's with the Min Min light? Is, 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 are, they, are these orbs some sort of transport system as well? Yeah, that, that is, um, I was going to ask a question on that. Like, um, yeah, was it some sort of, like, plasma or is it some sort of? Yeah. Is it an entity yeah. in itself that's you know intelligent? Like like you know, yeah, like I say, min min lights and reports have been like, you know, min min lights are intelligent to some degree, like they're they're aware basically. And was that yeah. a the a min min light itself that we are like that we can relate to um in that sort of nature? And they're yeah. working together in that sort of sense. I don't know. Like, I'm coming up with something, yeah. you know, I'm speculating. Obviously. Here, but... And and they're a legend, a legend with the Aboriginals as well. So obviously right. it's been going for a long, long time, hundreds of years, I, I guess, or minimum. Yeah. So, so the coils underneath the craft—that's not something you really hear of, um, you know, in that sort of regards. To if it's if that is the propulsion system that sort of helps it. Um, the most um the most common uh, sorry uh, features that I've seen and when I've been reading some books is Charles Hall's Tall White books he talks about the scout craft as as having like a kind of coiled thing and also having like a the same similar shape which is rectangle which is not something that many people report they normally report the disc shape um 
and also having the swivel seats. So that's uh, what I uh, recall reading. Like sim- the only kind of similarities to what I've actually experienced, especially with the tall whites or whatever they are. I, I hate using terminologies because people there's, there must be that many out there that we we don't know who or what they are, and I don't like to kind of you know pigeonhole everything into like greys nordics or whatever so there must be so many different kinds of different uh species out there and therefore different kinds of crafts and technology so there must be more than one anti-grav technology so that's the most one with the most features that i've found anyway is charles that's fair enough too yeah have you sort of worked out if they were Pleiadians or Nordics at all? No, I don't. That's why I asked them, who are you? And they just said, we're travellers. And I think that that's been said before as well, the travellers. Yeah, that sounds familiar somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. But being blonde, um, so we'll go back to the other image there where you had her inside the craft there. Yeah. So I I guess like the common features, I think, from Pleiadians, they're always blonde and, you know, very... Always been Good a very looking. attractive sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> attractive sort of <laughs> there was a picture I actually took out um, because of maybe copyright or something, but there was a particular picture, one of Preston Dennett's books, and um, I think I can't remember what the name of it is uh and the guy's like a really good looking blonde on the front cover and that was one <laughs> of these images that made me really realize that this is this actually happened to me because i just it just hit me right here and it was just so deep that the image um brought out the feelings that yes this is oh, something I, I recognize just like that skinny bob one and the where the wild things are yeah. So I feel like that fun. those three things have like been kind of helped me to remember really what went on in my life. I know it sounds weird because I say they're memories, but when you push something away so much, you know, it's you need to have a prompt sort of thing. So yeah. yeah. Did you have much interaction with the, the the female beings at all? The uh, I think well yeah they they actually came up to me and when I when I was getting the implant put in they grabbed hold of me and they're the ones that said they'll come back so I do remember talking to them I don't remember much but I just remember the guys were nice um well one of the, I think he there was only one that took charge mostly he was the one sort of talking to me the most and um he was the one guiding me how to fly the ship so I just had to be on my best behavior you know they weren't to be meddled with and just in case anyone meets them <laughs> yeah don't meddle with them <laughs> they're, they're very straight they're very um stoic sort of thing they, they're very serious they're not they're not yeah so I mean we will meet these beings at one point in our history I'm sure they'll they'll make themselves known to us um this is why I think they're trying to increase our um you know consciousness and our awareness and our spirituality and our choices so that we don't kill each other and things that we would more loving as a society make better choices and then they'll feel more comfortable coming down here yeah that's gonna be good because like i'll love to meet them you know yeah me <laughs> really too. find out what they know where are my kids i want to go back in space that's <laughs> yes, all right I want to fly the craft. <laughs> yeah, bloody hell. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Flying that. Yeah. Jeez, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I think you, you mentioned two um, uh, being species throughout the presentation, but you didn't, I don't think you mentioned the third one. 
So we've got the little dark ones, we've got the greys, and we've got the Pleiadians. Oh, so you did say so the dark ones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that would have been yeah. scary. And so, do you sort of feel like that it might have been like a, a sort of a cult sort of? I don't really know. Yesterday I was having a meltdown day because um, my life's completely turned up on its head now. Um, and I all I did was thinking, what on earth were you doing to me? You know, why were you there? I was nine. What what were you thinking? What's going on? Who 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 invades nine-year-old girls' bedrooms and shows them time and space and distorts their reality? <laughs> yeah. So let's just go back to those ones, those guys there, because they were quite... Yeah. And if you actually have a look at the at the picture of where the wild things are, it's identical, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Pretty well. It's quite horrifying when you think about it like this. Like... Yeah. And now we're the, in my the room. Beings were in hooded though. It's like yeah. why the hood? Like, it's not the first time I've heard about hooded beings and that. Yeah. Um, so do you, like, do you sort of feel like they, they could have been like an alien being of sort or could this be more of like a, a paranormal sort of thing? Well, I, I I didn't understand what aliens were when I was only nine. So I all I remember was these, they were, I want to say teachers, not teachers, but they weren't hurting me as physically. They were just distorting reality to such a point that became terrifying you know um mm. and but it was like an educational is what i'm saying you know were, they were there i think to just show i don't think they could speak i don't think they could speak they were just like check this out you know ah, scary <laughs> yeah well maybe they're testing your abilities to see how far you sort of can communicate or like what your vibrations or your inner yeah. you know, uh, your sort of in a guidelines, I suppose, is that the right term? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know um, because I, I do remember being petrified of the dark and no wonder they were probably in the dark. Yeah. Um, so whether that was before or after they came along and maybe just prompted me, here's, here's how not to be petrified, we'll show you even worse stuff and then <laughs> deal with <laughs> That's that. That's the way to go. You know? <laughs> That's what I usually do, try and retire some my kids and it's like, hey, is this a thing? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so... Any other so, questions or? Yeah, I'll see. Um, ask the audience here, like the listeners here. If you've got any more questions there, by all means, like go through and um, ask the questions there. So um, now we'll go uh, back to the start there. I think there was something else that was of interest there. I can't quite remember where okay. we were um, now. That one, no. Ah, yes. So your parents. You said your parents oh, yeah. uh, minimalized experiences there. Like what sort of, did they sort of encounter? Did they recall? No, well, I I, uh, I did ask mum once. Mum's in a nursing home with dementia, so and my dad's passed away, so unfortunately, I can't oh, even go back okay. there. Um, yeah, so it is unfortunate. Now I'm. And that's why I said to my sister, well, "What did you do? You remember these beings and why I moved into your bedroom?" But she was, of course, two years younger than me, so she doesn't remember. But yep. interestingly, she does remember this one thing, and it just. Thank God someone remembers from way back then. She, she remembers, um, see, I had a dream about these, whatever they are, beings. Um, but it was this was a dream and this is the last time they came to me in a dream. And I dreamt a really scary thing that they were cutting off every in the whole world's ears, right? They just chopped the ears off. What? And in this dream they had a wheelbarrow full of ears and that was terrifying. And so I told my sister, make sure you always sleep with the blankets up over your ears. And she'd actually said that to her new boyfriend only a couple of weeks before I'd asked her because she remembers that me telling her about that dream. So I was like, oh, thank God someone remembers this um, 
weird, uh, you know, beings somehow that that were in my life when I was eight or nine. So it was a bit of a confirmation there too that I, I didn't make this stuff up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this was real. This was real in my reality sort of thing, you know, so. No, it's always a good thing, like, especially when you get some sort of confirmation. Like, um, it's like you mentioned there before, like, you, you're having these encounters there and people are still reporting sightings on the mm. news and in the area there's something that's going on. And it's like, it's, there's obviously some sort of relation going on here. Like, but people are seeing something different, though, which is like, um, were they in the same area as well, though, or is it like somewhere in a different location? No, it's that's awesome. what I mean. Like I, I lived in Sydney and when I'd have like some sort of weird thing happening, I can't remember what now, um, you know, these dreams I assume that I, I um, linked it to because when I had one of these dreams, it felt like I was awake. And then on the, you know, sometimes the, the news doesn't report these anymore, but once they did, um, they'd report, oh, you know, there was a UFO sighting at Western Sydney, which is where I was on around the same time sort of thing. So I did notice that. And and the last time uh, I did have that dream, um, my husband's brother was staying with us and he was sitting outside having a smoke at night and he um, saw a light, a star. He said he was staring at a star and it just flew off. And I was like, well, that's the same night that I had that dream. So, again, that was the, one of these other confirmation sort of other sightings that somebody confirmed that I what I must be real and not a dream, even though it felt like a dream. Yeah. Yeah. So Dad's asking here, um, has anyone seen it with you at the same time? Yes. Yeah. Uh, when we were in Africa, every, there was lots of sightings. Yeah. My dad was seeing things in the car when we were driving. Um, uh, lots of people would have seen different flashes and different weird lights and different repeating patterns in the sky in the last year um yeah and and interestingly a girl when I went to the CE5 she'd almost had she actually told me before I told her anything almost identical story with the two greys leaning over her and um sleep paralysis and similar kind of thing that happened with her blanket as well which is what I I've actually met Matt the blanket I woke up with the blanket being pulled out from under my arms um but it was on the floor and then it was on me um so she had a similar kind of experience with her with the sleep paralysis and the grays at the same time so sorry uh that not at the same time as mine but that she she had had almost identical experience and I hadn't even told her what what I'd happened happened to me so um yeah so that's an interesting um sort of coincidence she never like I said that happened the night before and she told me what happened a year before the next night so yeah so there were lots of people that saw um you know the same thing at the same time as me but this is what I mean like lots of people didn't talk about it and they'd forget about it or they'd say don't talk about it no don't worry about it. it's nothing you know uh, I don't know yeah, I think we're the <laughs> only one remembering. It's the pretty common response, isn't it? Like you know, people don't want to see to really acknowledge it. Unfortunately, like even though it's something amazing, it's like, like yeah. Even the weird thing too is like they forget all about. It. Like you said, like they forget about it. It's like how can yeah. you forget something like that? I know. It's like uh, I'm switched on and they're switched off or something. Some ways. Yeah. That's what it feels that's, like. 
<laughs> it is. Um, so again, um, Dad's asking me, um, like, do you feel there's any like sort of connection with them to us, sort of thing? Uh, I do definitely feel like that um, they've looked after me, especially that one grey. Uh, I feel like that I've been looked after my whole life or, or followed or cared for or just, uh, you know, kind of monitored, I, I guess. So there's that. that's how I feel, that there's some sort of growth guidance or something with me anyway. I can't yeah, speak no. for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, I was going to bring up Carwell now. It's like, obviously, the presentation at Carwell was amazing. Um, you know, thank like, you. Um, like, that was your that was your first presentation, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> you done well. I haven't done, done really many well. of these. I've done about four or five interviews and uh, a couple of different presentations. Now I've got one on Sunday as well at Kabulcha and uh, or Calandra. I get the two mixed up. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, no, it's pretty. Like I say, I feel like I'm I'm living a whole other life, and I feel like things that aren't matching what should be reality. You know, does that make sense? So, yeah. I, I, you know, my reality has been different to other people's realities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, so, what was the response after you, your presentation? Like, do you, did you get many people coming up? Like, I know you mentioned there's one woman who um, yeah. said something similar. Like, what are the what are the responses afterwards like that? Well, that's definitely, she She wanted to say she saw those little dark creatures as well. Um, a lot of people actually haven't seen many things, which surprised me. That's how I started to know because I went to that CE5 and I said to everyone, well, where's all your experiences? You guys are here for a reason. And they said, oh, my dad saw a light once. And I'm like, no, no, sorry, you're not understanding me. Where's all your experiences? And they were like, no, no, we've never had anything. We don't know anything, you know. Uh, so that's when I started to realise that maybe my thing was significant and, and with the MUFON guy, it just sort of made me kind of, you know, it still feels like I, I'm telling another story that's not my life but it is my life <laughs> because yeah. I've you know, had to push it away just to deal with life in general. Um, so it surprises me that not many other people have had uh, the same level of experiences that I've had Um but when when I do hear some and I find some that somebody that's had a similar experience, then it's like great. Oh, good. Phew, that's a confirmation there too. You know, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, like, do you sort of feel like um, like anything special about yourself? Like, that should be like why you should be chosen for this kind of. Well, I did ask process? them once I was meditating, and I thought to myself, all right, I'll ask them some questions because I don't think they answer you unless you've got a question. So you have to ask a specific question. And I said, why? Why me? And they said. Um, they said, we chose you because of you. And then they said, you're chosen. And I, I realised that's what other people have been told. And it wasn't. So it wasn't um, that they said they chose me. Oh, I'm cho they said they chose me because of who I am, whatever that is. Yeah, it would be nice so, if they elaborated. <laughs> yeah, I think they mean like um, because I, I'm just that kind of person that like I, I try and see the best in everybody, you know, I try not to judge. I've been a practice manager my whole life, you know, working in medical practices. So people can come up with me with one leg and one arm, you know, missing and I'm still, hi, how are you? I accept everybody in different cultures and nationalities. So I seem to be like it's either me, that's the way I am or maybe the ET have created me like, sorry, not created me, but I've developed my own personality because of what they're, 
have shown like because they're different so I've had to accept their differences as well and I've seen things that aren't human so therefore I have to accept everyone is accepted if you know what I mean everyone is respected everyone is has a right and a place and um I, I find it very hard to judge people and things so you know that's obviously what they may be talking about yeah which is actually a really good trait um so a question for myself here is like um, have you like actually thought about doing uh, hypnotherapy at all yeah i have but i i just don't think i would um want to know all of the ins and outs of i I think maybe i'll do put that on the basket for another couple of years time or something but um i'm still it's not ontological shock but i'm still dealing with fallout of um <laughs> coming out <laughs> yeah. guess what everyone i'm an et contactee sorry you never knew i've had to keep it secret um surprise <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> oh not, not sure whether I've, I'm, I'm sure people people who know me really um they know that i've spoken about things here and there but no one really knows the full details um and and for me to then turn around and go, oh, now let's dig into this more and my brain will just explode, I think, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We've got to hope too, like the person who would be doing like the hypnotherapy there is actually good at what they do and they're not um, they're not leading the story and they're allowing yeah. you to actually like come up with it. Because that's one thing I've heard a lot with um, people who are getting a yeah. hypnotherapy done is like, you know, that um, they're leading the story. They're giving you... Yeah guidelines like they're saying oh what are the what are these beings and like there's no mention of beings before and it's like oh yeah. now there's beings there all of a sudden which is your brain creating the whole concept of the, the whole uh encounter basically which warps the whole story then from your memory yeah uh, and i've been really careful about that myself like i've been very careful to not elaborate over elaborate and to just say the exact things that happened you know so yeah, and I, I, I'm not really sure whether hypnotherapy works anyway, uh, because I just don't know. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm safer to to have just my own memories for now, um, and maybe one day I'll I'll extend the information more. But for now, I don't think I'd I don't think I need any further information. <laughs> you know, that's fair enough too. No, that's cool. That's that's yeah. fine. Like, because what you got there is that it's still amazing in itself there like the whole concept that you got to actually fly a bloody craft is that's the yeah. coolest part of the whole damn thing you know like, <laughs> it's like everyone will be jealous now going oh i'm waiting to maybe just um get one from roswell and uh, come on everyone come on yeah, jump in, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i can use my consciousness and wake it up and, and fly yeah. it with something something i don't know i'm actually sure, so, picking up on the way yeah exactly pick up pick up everyone we'll wake them up we'll wake the craft up <laughs> apparently oh, they're yeah. alive yeah, yeah. So, um another question here from dad um he's asked like has anything come across like with afterlife so has there been any information regarding that um from your end uh no not really oh well i'm sure that there's um i'm sure the world isn't is uh, that you know the universe is just an amazing multi-dimensional place um but nothing that i would specifically say that I, I, um, you know, I've got my own spiritual beliefs and things like that. Um, but I'm not going to, I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, speak for any, any other beings or anything. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. No, that's fine. 
No, that's cool. Look, look, um, look, I think we'll finish up there. There's no more other questions really, but like, um, that's absolutely amazing with your whole experience there. Scary couple ones there, which is like very frightening, especially for a nine-year-old child as such, you know? Yeah. And like the fact that you got to fly a craft is like, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely, no. absolutely better amazing. than cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I, like, I wish I remembered how, how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got to now remember what, what on earth I did. So anyway. No, that's cool. And then, like, obviously, like, everything's sort of happening in the three-year lifetime. Like, there's got to be some questions there that hopefully will get answered for you down the, yeah. the track here. And, like, you know, you find what yeah. is so, like, you know, I want to say, like, special, you know, what is so important about you that's gaining this sort of attention? Um, yeah. You know, it seems like there's a bit, bit of a recurring thing here where some people seem to be having these experiences there and there's some sort of interest in these people. It's like, why? Is it something about your DNA or is it something about yeah something that's you that's so intriguing um yeah so it's yeah again I don't know why amazing. it would be interesting to find out myself <laughs> yeah oh Somehow. yeah but let's see hoping that you do find out and if you do find out remember to come, come and hit me up and go hey I found out yeah. why <laughs> <laughs> I will do <laughs> so, that's absolutely well, amazing so, yeah again thank you very much yeah. um where where can people find you and listen to you your radio show uh, it is uh, 4EB Global Digital. Uh, I, have, I don't know the exact, sorry. Uh, yeah, we've lost you. Oh, how's everything going on the other I'm end? I better find the everything... exact. Um, oops, that's just me Googling. Sorry. 4EB.org.au. Oh, right. right, cool. Called... I'll, go on, I'll throw in the show notes there and everyone can find it from there. Yeah. And... It's called UFO Radio. Yeah, but so right. awesome. Back. Yeah, that's cool. And um, your your the Facebook page as well, which is um UFO yeah. disclosure. Uh, UFO slash UAP disclosure Australia. So join up and just see all the news. We've got a couple of awesome people that share, um, lots of amazing things, evidence, and the hearings overseas, and and uh, <clears throat> you know, news articles and things like that on there. So yeah, that's awesome. Ah, wonderful. Thank you. No, look, yeah. it's a pleasure having you on there. And um, thank you again for coming on and um, telling your experiences. They're absolutely amazing there. And I hope um, everyone enjoys your experiences there in Canada and that. And um, hopefully we'll hear more from you in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. See no you, everyone. Well. Thank you very much. And that will do it, folks, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget, if you or someone you know has had an encounter, please get in touch with me to be featured on the podcast. If you're a fan of the show, you can support the podcast by purchasing some awesome merchandise that's available on our online store via the link provided in the episode description. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hey, Root. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.